Okay, we're recording, Mary. Hello again, Erin. Hi, Mary. I'm so glad to uh, join you here on the Zoom recording to talk about the self-mastery tools and to walk right next to each other again through this still ongoing, you know what, pandemic. (laughs) And, uh, you know, this is this is great. You are reminding me to stay fresh with what Mm -hmm. works to be happy and to have companionship along the way. Yeah. And I, I love coming, uh, coming together and just sort of, uh, sorting through what's on our minds. And I have something on my mind. I wanted to bring up to you. Um, cause I, there's a few th- stories that I've watched so closely and I, I just see every t- twist and turn. And, and one of the big stories that's, that's alive right now is what people are calling the Facebook files. Uh, have, have you been following the Facebook files? Uh, a little bit. Yes. Okay. A little bit. Yeah. So you're aware of uh, whistleblower Francis Haugen. Yes. Who was so calm and articulate. Wow. Mm-hmm. Just like want to watch her talk about things. Oh, she's amazing. So yes. she's a data scientist. I love watching intelligence in action Yeah, in our, in our culture. <laughs> Look at that she, intelligence right there. She's amazing because she's so poised and she's also doing something that I think is really big and probably will have a big impact on humanity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And she's just seems like she doesn't seem very egoic about it. Nope. She seems like she's just delivering some needed truths mm-hmm. at this point in time in our life with uh, social media. And uh, it's it seems like those needed truths are all over the map right now. There's a lot of... Yeah. A lot of awakening going on around how has um, our cultural conversation gotten to be so toxic and full of hate mm-hmm. and divisiveness and bad information? How has that happened? And it seems like a very important moment in this uh, this collective reflection around that. Yeah. So she collected thousands of documents uh, before she quit her job at Facebook, she'd been, she's worked at a bunch of different tech companies for Facebook since 2019. And she was part of uh, the integrity team, which was a team of about a hundred or 200 people that were trying to make sure that, that some of the posts and everything had integrity, especially before the election of 2020. And she saw a lot. And apparently, so I've been, I'll just fill you in. Cause I, I doubt you've read about this part. Um, Facebook actually inside Facebook has a lot of transparency with its employees where they show them a lot of documents. Did -hmm. you know that? Uh, No. And, and they just, there's an expectation that they won't leak it, that they won't Uh share it outside. So she came into contact with, with a lot of internal studies that, that were asking tough questions about, you know, how people and culture is interfacing with the platform and, and some of the results and some of the studies of, of some decisions, business decisions they were making. And a lot of what she saw alarmed her. It alarmed other people. She said that she saw really talented, smart uh, coworkers, maybe data scientists, maybe engineers, whatever, would get to a certain point and they would just become so distraught and just leave the company. And so she was getting to that point, but she decided before she was going to leave the company that she was going to become a whistleblower. So I read this morning that, that the way that she got all these documents, they were posted on, I don't know, maybe they were Google docs or Facebook docs. They were like, she took pictures on her phone of thousands of documents, just took pictures. So she didn't want to download them or 
save them. She didn't want to leave a trail, but she took all these pictures and then she delivered it to uh, a couple of different journalists. And it, as it turns out now, there's sort of a consortium of journalists, like maybe 12 different entities because there's so much material they have to sift through and uh, sort through and kind of find the stories. Mm. And so these folks that normally would be competitors with one another um, are kind Our of collaborators. Together. They're collaborators. Oh, so exciting. Yeah. That is so cool. And that is so, you know, back down to the core of what journalism ought to be. Yeah, up, up to. yeah exactly. Wonderful. Exactly. So because there's this mountain of, of documents <laughs> um, and people are finding out things, there's like, you know, every day it's like, I wonder what we'll find out today. And in, in the recent days, a big thing came out about how, um, you know, how Facebook, I know you don't go to Facebook very much, but when you go to Facebook, it used to just be, there was a like button, but then about five years ago, they added emoticons. So I remember like, that. Yeah. yeah. And so the news that came out is that the emoticons um, in the algorithms became weighted differently than just the like button five times more. So if you posted something and it got a bunch of emoticon responses, in the, al the algorithm would read that as like, oh, this is really exciting. And it would show up in more people's feeds and get mm -hmm. more traction. Mm -hmm. And so one of the emoticons, of course, there's, you know, there's love, there's haha, there's sad, there's wow, and there's angry. Right. And so if a post had a lot of angry emoticons, people responded with anger, it was five times more likely to be brought to the surface through the algorithms than something that you just wrote that has nice likes. That's so interesting. Isn't and it? It, it also seems to me like some, some kind of similar phenomenon to why is it that the angry radio hosts rose to such, uh, you know, amazing popularity mm. and such amazing numbers when, um, you know, there's plenty of there's plenty of things to listen to in this mm -hmm. world. There's plenty of things going on, but why is it that um, the people in, in radio that, that are enraged and uh, in contempt of this or that get all these listeners? What is the story there? Well, I mean, so, it's kind of like, you know, the old car crash. I mean, if you drive by a car crash, you can't not look right. Right. So it's compelling. It's visceral. It's, you know, and in a business, like, like, well, whether it's radio or whether it's, um, you know, a tech company like Facebook, uh, their, their business model is built on engagement, engagement and eyeballs and, um, mm -hmm. or ears or what, you know, it's, it's like, how do we keep people coming back? How do we increase the amount of time that they're spending with us and, and more and more and more and more and more. Right. Well, I, I was doing some thinking about this, um, this week too, because of all this, this stuff going on. And I haven't really you know, in it probed it in depth, but it's really in the wind as <laughs> you're you kind of hearing mm -hmm. about it everywhere. And I was thinking about, well, what, what do I know about anger mm -hmm. from having done this uh, forgiveness work, living it and teaching it all these years? And why would this be so compelling? Why would it be such a driver for profits, et cetera? Mm -hmm. Because um, uh, anyway, in, in my, in my world, I'm in the business of helping people unload 
the backlog of anger that is making them toxic inside. Mm -hmm. And the idea is that uh, I think anger is so important. Good, clean anger is important for our power. And I am just hazarding a guess that there's enough people out there that are really feeling very powerless a lot of the time, really feeling uh, really kind of like quietly disgusted with, with certain things a lot of the time and not feeling the pathway towards how do I feel stronger and like I have some agency in my life and to hear someone else just pop it, popping the lid off of a piece of anger and going for it and being in a certain kind of emotional truth. It's mm-hmm. not a it's not a factual truth. It's not a spiritual truth. It's not a, a universal truth. It's in a personal emotional truth. But because on some level, we know that I have got to get validation for my emotional truths mm-hmm. uh, because it's part of me getting my power back somehow, then therefore this is very compelling. This is very juicy, yummy, interesting. And even me just hitting an emoticon saying, yeah, me too, I'm mad, is in some some circuitous way an attempt at regaining some power that you don't feel like you have. What do you think of my, my theory? I, I think you're on to something. I think when people hear you say clean anger, it, I don't know if everybody knows exactly what you're talking about. I I also know that that there I've met plenty plenty, plenty of people. I've worked with people. I've I've had people in my life when they're angry, that is the truth to them. And they're like, you know, I'm expressing this and that is how I feel. And I'm being truthful. Mm -hmm. And I think it is a little more complicated than that, but I I think sorting through it all is a little tricky. Oh yeah. Very tricky, very tricky. But, but uh, I think the point here is that uh, what is the end goal? If the end goal would be, let's get to some truth Let's get down to some things that are uh, have been hurting people and let's ter- turn some kind of corner where we're caring more about the health of everybody and this anger is kind of a point on the way. Okay, fine. But if it's about profit, if it's about generating more and more anger so that you know a few people can be um, making more money, mm-hmm. that's just it's just the wrong uh, it's the wrong alignment. <laughs> it's the wrong goal to align. Yeah. With. I guess I, I feel like it's exploiting people. Mm-hmm. It's exploiting, you know, a part of our humanity because we do have anger and we might not know what to do with it. And it might seem like, Oh, okay, well here, I'll put it here on, on this Facebook post or I'll, I'll share your anger. And I feel I get a hit, you know, if it's exploiting that sort of Mm, way of handling anger that doesn't quite do what anger it doesn't honor anger the it doesn't way anger- <laughs> honor the anger in in what i'm calling a good clean way and it doesn't lead towards transformation for the better when, yeah. when you've seen me work with people in the forgiveness workshop and you've seen me uh very very purposefully elicit a piece of rage mm-hmm. from somebody has been sitting on a little pot of rage for a while and it is really messing up their life. You've seen me go for it. You've seen me really coax it out and, and mm-hmm. invite them to let it rip and to get to the bottom of that 
piece of anger and get it fully expressed as an emotional truth. And then we don't leave it there. Right. That's just a step on the way inside an overall goal of inner peace an overall goal of more uh, goodwill and unconditional love in the world, because you're, you're, you're putting down a piece of hate you've been carrying and that's not good for you or the world. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So let me just step back a little bit. So these, these companies and Facebook um, right now, they've been, they've been utilizing an aspect of, of people that we have anger and we may or may not know what to do with it in a healthy way. And they've been tapping into that to grow their business and propel their business. And even when they figured out, oh yeah, no, it's, this is really engaging people. And it's, it's likely to disproportionately um, have people sharing misinformation and toxicity and, and just low quality things. They're like, well, that's our business model, you know? Right. So th- they've just been going along with that, but so stepping back and going, okay, well, I'm a person who is trying to live in a masterful way in my life classroom, what do I do with that? Because honestly, Mary, I can read, read all this stuff and I can get really angry at Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg. And like, I can really go to a toxic place with that, but it's like, well, wait, I, I, how do I clean this up? How do I understand what's going on here? And I think what you're talking, I think one of the first steps about what you're talking about is to have an understanding of what what anger is and why we have anger, why we have the emotion of anger and what, what it's good for. I don't think it's good for Facebook to become, you know, billionaires off of, but they have already. Not a good profit motivator. Um, I think what it's good for is for uh, adjusting things in our lives so that they're more in line with our values and our needs. And um, we feel angry when uh something has has really hit us as unjust Mm -hmm. unfair um uh dishonoring of our own dignity or our our own essential needs we feel angry and that anger uh, i i like to characterize it as a doorway to power it's like oh wait a minute i see that i'm really mad right here what well why what is it that i need and what is it that has been, um, you know, consciously or unconsciously insulted here? How do I, and, and anger, the adrenaline inside anger is given to us to help us correct something. Yeah, it's helped yeah. to help us correct something or to say no to something or to set something straight, to take an action that will prevent harm. Mm-hmm. You know, to another vulnerable person or whatever it's that adrenaline is meant to do a corrective action that is for the good. It's for the, the good of the, of you or a person or the situation. Right. So you, let me just say this, cause you said it's a doorway to power and what you, I think what you're saying is a doorway to one's own power. Yes. Right. And so what Facebook is doing is right now they've hijacked that they've preempted that it, they're using it as a doorway to their business model to you know, grow and grow and grow and become raise tons of money. And, and they're just presenting an illusion of power to the people that are participating right. with that. It's an illusion. It's not real. And well, you know, I, I, it, I think, yeah, well, there are real world consequences of people yeah. spewing anger all over the place as we've right, seen. Right. But I think, uh, you know, people are, are, 
it's a colorful and attractive emotion. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think we are not in the habit of uh, being careful with our boundaries around media Mm -hmm. to actually ask ourselves the question, is this mine? Is this mine to focus on? Is this Mm -hmm. mine to address? Is this my battle to fight? Is this mine to uh, add a voice to? Because it's really part of my integrity and purpose to do that? Or am I just getting into mob consciousness and mm. picking up a, a stone and throwing it too? Because while well, that's fun, whoa, I got to pick up a stone and throw it. I forgot what I'm mad at, but okay. Everyone's throwing stones. I'm going to throw a stone. You know, it's like a mob mentality. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's super helpful. So, okay. So going back to me as an individual in the classroom of my life, trying to be more masterful, trying to have integrity, trying to, trying to have integrity. And so I want to handle my anger in a, in an appropriate way. So going back to going back to me, going back to you, we, we have anger for a reason. Talk me through how, how you think a healthy way or a clean way of handling that anger works. Yeah. What do I mean when I'm saying what's good, clean anger? Yeah. (laughs) Right. So um, good, clean anger is, uh, as I said before, it's, it's kind of a fiery emotion that arises in the moment uh, of uh, to give you some energy, to give you like a a, a little hit of of adrenaline to set something right. Cause you've just been in the presence of something that is unjust or wrong or harmful or uh, not true or something that's requiring a corrective action uh, in your life for your integrity to say, wait a minute, no, hey, no. And, and it's kind of a st- sounds like that. Hey, you're, you're like, wait a minute. And you're, you're standing up to something. That's not true. That's not what happened. And there's a little heat in your voice and you're, uh, you're uh, concerned about truth. You're concerned about facts. You're concerned about what's um, what's positive or what's harmful, and that's just coming out clean in the moment. You you say it without calling the other person names or mm-hmm. or mischaracterizing or saying char- things about their character, um, labels, etc. You say, you know what? That's not okay because blah, 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 blah. And I really think in this situation, we need to do X, you know, and you're, and you're standing for something. You're mm-hmm. feeling vehement. You're feeling a little fiery, but, but of goodwill of like collaborating, like this person you're angry with can maybe actually hear you and you can maybe actually have a reasonable discussion. And so that's, that's on a, on a good day. That's what anger looks like. And uh, I've been grateful to learn a lot about expressing good, clean anger in the moment from my husband, who's good at it. He's really good mm-hmm. at it. He, he grew up um, in a immigrant Italian family and they didn't, they didn't have any problem with just shouting when they were mad, you know, <laughs> they would just shout <laughs> they would shout, wait a minute. No, I'm not going to do that because ah! they shout and nobody, nobody took it really hard. They shouted back or whatever they, but they listened and then maybe this correction happened. But so anyway, I've learned, I've learned that it's possible to actually to have a, a hot piece of anger blow through and something gets corrected and understood and on you go. And nobody has uh, 
um, impugned someone else's character. You mm-hmm. haven't said you stupid. Uh, yeah. You know, you haven't done that. You have said, I'm really upset about this because, and I really think this should happen instead. You're, you hear the vehemence in my voice, mm-hmm. but it didn't hurt anybody. It's just, it's just fiery mm-hmm. and that's okay. And, and when we do the, um, the forgiveness healing work and we have someone uh, letting loose with their anger towards an empty chair that we're picturing an offender in. Well, at that point, they've been sitting on anger for perhaps some decades and it's festered and it, 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 it has gotten really rotten and toxic and they might need to yell at this empty chair. You know, I hate you. You should die. You stupid, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> You're such an idiot, blah, blah, blah. And throw a, you know, throw a, a something at the chair and kick it at that doesn't hurt anybody. It's good, clean anger because you're actually unloading it from your tissues, from your mm-hmm. bones, from where you've been carrying it inside. You're unloading it to an empty chair in its full, in its full toxic glory. And, and then you're moving on towards releasing and adjusting and, and um, aligning again with the good for you and everybody. So uh, if you don't get a chance in your, in your family environment or your work environment to do good, clean anger with mm-hmm. each other uh, and it, it builds up inside and it begins to begin to obsess and you begin to lay there at night, losing sleep and going and going over details and, and starting to see the other person as a, as a bad person or a monster well, it's that's anger getting toxic inside mm, you and it's, yeah. it's hurting your tissues. Mm-hmm. It's hurting you uh, because you, you missed the moment. You missed the moment folks for the good, clean anger. And, and meanwhile, that person has maybe moved on or died or, or just doesn't live here anymore. And you're like still full of this old rotten anger that you really need to, to let go of and get with back into the present about. I love it. I love it that what you're describing with the forgiveness work, the healing work makes room for all of that. It makes room for all of our anger and that there's some point and purpose to it. And then, you know, you talk about the empty chair, which in other podcast episodes, you go into great detail about how, what the chair, how the chair work fits in with your forgiveness steps. Um, but it's not like you're just stuck with it and you have to spew it somewhere. And I think that's, I think, I don't know what percentage of the population knows how to deal with anger. Well, I, I, I think it's kind of few and far between unless they've been on like a big spiritual path or something, but um, you know, what, what we do with the energy of it and then how we, we handle it responsibly and not suppress it and not just put it all over social media and not let social because media what they're make doing. money off of our anger. That's right. Because what's wrong, what's wrong here. If you ask me is People are using and exploiting social media for public venting. Mm-hmm. It's venting. It's just venting to call someone, you know, an a-hole or to, you know, to say blah, 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 and say some funny snarky joke about someone's character. That's that's not good. <laughs> it's, no. it's venting, and uh, it does. It's not held inside an intention of healing and correction for the greater good of all of us. So when, when, and I work with somebody in a workshop or in my office or whatever, and we're 
we're determining to let this anger out, let this rage out and to move through to the state of forgiveness, there's an intention there that brought them to my office. (laughs) And the intention has to do with their own health. It Mm. has to do with health. It has to do with inner peace. It has to do with um, being kind of feeling bored and stuck because you're just recycling this, this old story again and again and again, and you're not doing anything new in your life. And so usually when we start a piece of forgiveness, I say some kind of a prayer that is, you know, acceptable to this person's spiritual lexicon. We say some kind of a, all right, let's do this because we want health and goodness for this person. And we want to let this go. And, and then they can hate them all they want to, towards the empty chair they can they can go kill the empty chair for a few minutes it doesn't hurt the empty chair i've never seen the chair get up crying and leave the room it's just sits there (laughs) taking whatever you have to throw at it you know so so that's what i think is missing in my mind is is the it's it's the profit motive not the greater good motive i think that is making this this story uh get very big because i think we really have to ask this question now in society around social media what is the overall intention of it yeah yeah and you know going back to what we've also been talking about with the 15 minutes of shame documentary and and people getting a lot you know people being the recipients of a lot of online hate and anger and and shaming um cruelty and cruelty from people they don't even know yeah, for people I don't know. Um, we have to grapple with this as, as, a, as individuals. And then hopefully if there's enough individuals handling it in a better way, there can be, and, and people like Francis Haugen, the whistleblower, kind of bringing it to the awareness, then maybe we can get on better ground with it. it it's not going to go away, Mary. No. Social media, it's not going to go away. Um, no, but we can't, you know, we do opt in and opt out of things on social media. And I just heard an expert talking on the radio a few days ago, and and he said a phrase that I loved. And he said, it really is going to take a movement of a whole lot of us Mm -hmm. opting out of the culture of contempt. Oh, that's a great, isn't it good? The movement of a whole lot of us to opt out of the culture of contempt. And it's kind of like if we were standing in a mob scene and people were throwing, uh, you know, t- rotten tomatoes and stones at the, uh, you know, the vilified person of the moment. And some of us in the crowd said, oh, you know, I don't want to be this. I don't want to do this. We put mm-hmm. our stone down and turned <laughs> our back and walked away and said, Carry that tomato, off. I'm, 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 I'm take that tomato and put it in the compost because you know what? It's not me to, it's not who I want to be to throw a rotten tomato at a person who's made a mistake. You know, I make mistakes. Like Jesus said, you know, that the first one among you who has not made a mistake, you know, pick up, pick up the stone and nobody could do it. Mm -hmm. Everyone just turned away from the truth of that statement and said, Oh, sorry, you know, and turned away from that culture of murder of Mm -hmm. somebody who had made a a life error. And, and so I, I loved it. I was so excited to hear someone who's some kind of a media expert use that phrase, the the culture of contempt. Um, Well, and I think, I mean, I guess that what I like about that too, is that it's not just blaming the tools. 
it's going into the intent. And that's, you know, you and I keep talking about, uh, you know, Mary, are you going to get on social media? (laughs) I don't know. I think there's people there with tomatoes. Yeah, but there's also, you just had a birthday and I noticed there's a whole bunch of wonderful birthday wishes and and which I missed because I've been such a, such a slacker on social media and I'm ashamed. And I'm ashamed, everybody. No, I'm not really. Don't be ashamed. No, but, but I, I know, but I stand corrected. I stand corrected that, you know what? I'm going to get on Facebook and just visit uh, all the nice messages I got from a lot of people. Yeah, and, and acknowledge and, them because I think that's part of how you do turn away from the culture of contempt. And mm-hmm. that's why, okay, so I'm coming Opt way back around. to the culture of support. Yeah, we're recording these podcasts. We're putting them on social media. We're, we're kind of arm's length, but- we're, we're trying to be part of the cultural conversation that has a different idea. Yeah. And we're, we're just saying, okay, well, as a person, I can responsibly bring this forward and I can, you know, who, who knows, maybe it'll just help me to express myself and, and put it out there, but maybe it will help others too. And maybe actually it'll help kind of crowd out some of the contempt stuff and the toxicity. And instead it's, you know, refreshing. That's right. That's our intent. Right. It is. And we, we both want to feel useful mm-hmm. to um, truth telling and love in yeah. our culture. We're both, we're both about that. Mm-hmm. And so this is a, a, a great opportunity for us. And um, so I want to thank, I want to thank the people out there <laughs> finding <laughs> us despite ourselves, despite our fails <laughs> in social media and also uh, sharing it with your friends who you think will like Erin yeah. and Mary well enough and who are seeking uh, to opt in to the culture of unconditional love and the culture of um, masterful growth uh, despite everything. So yeah. um, that's what we're about. And we're really grateful that um, to those of you who have shared some of these conversations with your friends who are part of that, part of that team. Cool. All right. Well, I, anything else or should we just end right No, I, I gotta, I gotta hang up so I can look at all my birthday wishes Yeah, you go. <laughs> before I forget. You can click I, the little button that has a little heart next to them and, and say, Hey, thanks for wishing me. Well, I will, I will. <laughs> I'll participate in the culture of goodwill there and, you go. and happy birthday. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Mary. Thank you. Bye.